When wine is on trial, the gossip is dishy. The judges are drunk. The verdicts are random. So random. This is True Crimes Against Wine. What's a medical wedding? Well. Well, tell me. It's when they marry two people in comas and they link their brains. Hello! Welcome to another episode of... True Crimes. Against Wine. I'm Topher. And I'm Rachel. And Rachel is going to be guiding us through (laughs) the perilous world of celebrity facts today. And Topher is going to be taking us on a journey through the vineyards. Yes. So I'm really excited about today. Me too. Because for those of you who are just tuning in and maybe did not listen to our season one... First of all, shame. 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 Yes. You've had plenty of time. Yes. We are very binge, binge worthy. Is that? Yes. I thought you were getting, oh no. I thought you were going to say vengeful. <laughs> we, well, we are also very vengeful gods. Yes. So I was like, that's fair. Yeah. So the, for the first half of our first season, I'd say about the first half, mm-hmm. we had a fun system going where Rachel was sourcing the wines and- yes. She would tell me like what kind of wine we were going to be doing mm-hmm. ahead of time, mm-hmm. but she wouldn't tell me who the person was. Mm-hmm. And so that was always a really fun surprise. It was fun to go into it without any kind of initial bias from my yes. end, at least. So, you know, all I knew was this is where the wine's from and the mm-hmm. varietal and all that. We ended up having to stop doing that because it was getting really difficult to source some of these wines yeah. when it started to come down to like, you know, different states have different laws about shipping to other states, Mm -hmm. different countries have different laws. And then also sometimes, especially with these boutique wineries, it gets really expensive to get the licensing to ship everywhere. So they couldn't necessarily make that financial decision. So because I'm more experienced in that wheelhouse of like talking to reps and absolutely you are and yes. yeah that's that's kind of my more my area of expertise. So she turned it over to me. But Thanks to our longtime listener, Mary Kathleen, who found a wine that we have not yet done and reached out to Rachel. And she actually sent us this bottle. Thank you. So major shout out to Mary Kathleen. You're the real MVP. Yes, we're (laughs) going to send you a fucking T-shirt, engraved wine glasses. Remind me to find somebody who makes T-shirts and engraved wine glasses. Yeah. (laughs) For free. But yeah, thank you so much, Mary Kathleen, for sending us this um, and making this episode possible. It is due to listeners like you. Yes. We are apparently now part of PBS. Um, We'll have to make totes to send people as well. Oh my gosh, yes. A little wine totes. Honestly, okay, we're trademarking it, but one of you can do it on our behalf. We just won't give you any profit. No, but we will give you a shout out. Oh, for sure. And let you keep one of the totes that you're making. At least one of them. Yeah. All that to say, I'm getting surprised today. Yes, you are. I'm very excited. I don't know who we're doing. I do know that we are doing a Prosecco Spumante. Yes. And so I know that like we did talk about Prosecco in our second episode. We did. Which was about the Joshes. We did do Prosecco. So I'm sure you remember everything that I talked about in terms of how Prosecco is made and the difference between champagne and Prosecco. Uh, uh Uh-huh. Can you, would you like to enlighten some of our listeners about that? Oh, I 
couldn't possibly steal your thunder. Oh, no, I would love it. I would love it if you would share some of the things that you learned. Okay, well, first of all, it's from grapes. I know that. (laughs) (laughs) We're off to a good start. This is not cucumber wine. Um, there. Although I would drink cucumber wine. I would wine. too. That, that sounds actually refreshing. sounds refreshing. I know, right? <laughs> anyway, also trademarking that. Trademark. There are bubbles in Prosecco. Yes. Do you remember anything <laughs> about the difference between Prosecco and Champagne? I know that there are differences. Mm-hmm. So the main, most basic difference is that Champagne is from the Champagne region in France. Right. Prosecco is exclusively from the Veneto region in Italy. I was about to say. Yes. I could see it on the tip of your tongue. It was there. Champagne has a very specific method Mm. that they use where there are two fermentations that Mm -hmm. happen within the bottle itself. Mm -hmm. And that second fermentation is what is providing the carbonation. Mm -hmm. With Prosecco, it also has to go through a secondary fermentation. That's what Mm -hmm. provides the bubbles. But they do it in a really large uh, stainless steel tank. Okay, I do remember that's, you mentioning the stainless steel part. Mm-hmm. And that's called the Charmant method. And I was about to say the Charmant method. Man, you I I should have just let you talk. Well, do you, you want to take it from here? No, because I believe in collaboration. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Stop listening and collaborate. Yep. So that stainless steel tank provides larger surface area. Yes. So it's not interacting as much with the the lees, which are like the dead yeasts and things mm-hmm. like that, as it would if it were in just a singular bottle, like with champagne. Mm-hmm. So champagne has that really bready sort of does, flavor to yeah. it mm-hmm. versus because it's not getting that contact. Prosecco is going to have more of a focus on a crispness a fruitiness. Mm-hmm. We talked about the orchard fruits that you can come right. to, to expect. So, yeah, let's uh, let's pop this baby open. Okay, do and... you want to reveal it? No, we do that after the tasting. Okay. Oh my god, it's like you. It's like you don't even remember. In fairness, I have been drinking <laughs> a lot since this time last year. Yes, nonstop. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you open them. Okay, yeah, you're struggling, girl. Yeah, so our bag is covered, so Topher cannot see the label. I cannot see the label. What did you do here? I don't okay. really know what I so did. So first what you do <laughs> is we're going to take off the foil. I was doing the untwisty What did you bit. even... Oh my god. You have mangled this bottle. Okay, there we go. All I did was undo the twisty metal So first you take off the foil before you do anything else. Thank you. Yes, I will take the twist. And now we can work the cage. Okay. Is that the term? Oh, nice. What did that sound like? None creeping. That's right. I know that. So is this called the cage? So the, yeah, the the wire part is uh the cage. And that is an extra method of protection because, you know, it goes underneath the bottom lip here. Mm -hmm. And so it's keeping the cork from popping off in case, Uh. you know, as you're shipping it or you're storing it, you know, because there's a lot of gases in here that are trying to get out. We know about gases. We Trying to get out. Pass me your glass, dear. Okay. And once again, for those of you just tuning in, since we are tasting this sparkling, we are not drinking it out of champagne flutes. I do remember that rule. Mm-hmm. And that's because, again, the wider surface area of this glass allows us to get a better um, aroma and better idea of the flavors. Mm. Listen to the fizz. I know. Sounds so pretty. I do like a good fizz. Okay, hold on. Put this down, please. It, no. This? There we go. Yeah. What are we doing? What's happening? 
my hands aren't coordinated apparently. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a good thing this is not a visual you. medium. <laughs> or maybe it's not. All right, cheers. All right, cheers. So we're going to smell. Smells like Prosecco. Right, I was going to say right away, it's very Prosecco. So yeah. again, I'm getting what I would come to expect, which is that green apple. Mm-hmm. Right, Lots of ripe green apple yeah. right off the bat. Very juicy. A little bit of almost like peach skin. Oh, okay. I feel like. I can see the peach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's got some, I'm expecting some tartness because there's a mm-hmm. little bit of that lemony sort of flavor mm-hmm. to it. Can we sip it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. Ooh. I love the bubbles. Yeah, that's a really nice tight tickle. It is. You know how like sometimes it washes over your tongue. Right. Kind this of loosely. Like velvety. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. It has the same kind of carbonation as a La Croix. It does, yeah. Yeah. What are you getting flavor-wise? Probably some of the apple. I'm not getting peach in the flavor. Not getting peach either. It does have some tartness on the back end, but initially it's a little bit sweeter than I thought, but not Mm -hmm. sweet like sugary. It's Mm -mm. almost sweet like you would associate with the sweetness of like smelling a lemon blossom. Oh, okay. Interesting. Like kind of a floral sweetness Mm -hmm. or, or lemon curd kind of cream sweetness even. Mm, I can see that. And part of that's the texture, I think, with the bubbles is giving it a little bit of a kind of a creaminess and it is, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very delightful. It is. Really kind of light and refreshing, which is what you want out of a Prosecco. It is, yeah. And it's so funny, too, because as I was reviewing my notes about Prosecco, I was thinking about how when you think about sparkling wines, like even champagnes, mm-hmm. you just kind of think about these things that have been around forever And yeah, sparkling wine has been something that has been around since ancient times, but they they kind of thought that the naturally occurring carbonation that would happen as they were like storing things, Mm -hmm. they thought that it was a fault in the wine. Oh, really? And so it's really only since like the mid 1800s or so that champagne and and that kind of style Mm. has been something that was a major player in the wine world. And then of course it wasn't until Almost the year 1900, like it was the 1890s, I want to say, yeah. that Prosecco was discovered and, and started being made. Huh. I didn't realize that Prosecco was that young. It's very young. Yeah. Huh. And I think I had mentioned this last time we talked about Prosecco too, but they do have recognized Prosecco rosés now, but that oh. only became officially recognized by the DOC in Italy in 2021. So when... What occasion would you have a Prosecco then? When would you have it? Traditionally, I'm not really sure. I, I don't know a whole lot about the culture, the history mm-hmm. of the culture around mm-hmm. Prosecco. You know, people think of champagne as being a celebratory yeah. kind of drink. To me, Prosecco is just kind of an everyday, like, I, I love to drink it by the pool. It's actually, so Bestie, mm. Prosecco is her go-to. Any mm-hmm. place we go, like especially just to start out, like if we're going to dinner at a nice restaurant or something, mm-hmm. she'll order a glass of Prosecco to have with the appetizers and all of that. Yeah, she does like her Proseccos. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Fact Checker's not as big on Prosecco. No. He perceives it as being a little too sweet for his tastes. And I think that's because he leans more towards that brute kind of champagne thing. Yeah. He likes the breadiness of mm-hmm. that. And when that when there's an absence of that, you start to pick up more on that ripe fruit characteristic, mm-hmm. which can come across as sweet. My go-to is a cava, which is from Spain. Yeah. And that's made in a champagne style as well, but mm-hmm. with different grapes. But I also love a poolside Prosecco. Is this I mean, a burpee Prosecco, it, by the way? <laughs> it's. I mean, we are drinking a carbonated drink. So. That is true, yeah. I think that we do get a little bit more of a pass when we're drinking 
bubbles than when we're just drinking regular wines. Yeah, that, that's fair. That's fair. And I'm judging you right now. I'm going to be burping it up in a oh, minute. Oh, it. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, any other occasions that you would associate with Prosecco? I mean, it, you can totally make it like a celebratory thing as well. It's, mm-hmm. it's a lovely thing to have a toast with. Yeah. I think that part of that is just because... It's also so pretty in a glass to it look is. at the the color of it, and it's so pale, and you can and see the, the bubbles, bubbles coming yeah. up. Yeah, it feels celebratory it's a nice and visual. special. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's kind of like glitter in a glass. That's a really nice way to put it. I love Thank that. Thank you. My English major paid off. I'm trademarking that. <laughs> okay, but you share half with me. Yeah, we're drinking on it. Mm-hmm. It's done. Okay, well, let's so, reveal. Let's reveal. Um, now, traditionally, I do get a chance to guess. All right, would you like to guess? I would like to guess. Okay. So, I do know yes. that you gave me a dress code today. I did. You said whites and creams. Yes. And pearls. Yes. I do know someone who's famous for only wearing like ivory tones. Okay. And that's Barbara Streisand. Okay. So I was kind of leaning towards that until you threw me off with the pearls. And then I started thinking pearls. Okay, pearls grow in oysters. Oysters have shells. Could it be like Shelly Duvall? Could it? But then I thought, no, she's a a tricky bitch, this Rachel. Yes, not Shelly Duvall. So Shelly is a nickname Mm -hmm. for Michelle. This is... Olympic gold medal winner, Michelle Kwan. You are wrong. Damn it. But Michelle Kwan will factor into our discussion today. Interesting. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Is it another figure skater? I'm just going to go ahead and tell you who it is. Because you're not totally off with that either. But it's not who you think it is. Okay. All right. So it's not what's your face that took the crowbar to... Tanya Harding? Tanya Harding, yeah. No, it's okay. not Tanya Harding or Nancy Kerrigan. All right, you ready? I'm so excited, yeah. Suspense. Oh my God! Who is it? Vera Wang! Yes, it is. Okay, the, the whites and creams are making so much sense Okay, now. so yeah. why did I say whites and creams and Because we're going with like, like her token bridal thing yes. here. Yes, yes. Yeah. And Vera Wang, didn't she want to be a figure skater? Yes, we're going to talk about that. Yeah, so you're not totally off. Um, Okay, so first of all, this is a really cool bottle. It's cute, isn't it? It's all silver. Yeah, what's it called? And it's called Party Mm -hmm. in like really cool kind of like 80s or 90s font. Kind of like painted. Yeah, Yeah. Mm -hmm. in like a neon yellow. Mm -hmm. I have really sexy radio voice right now with this like I'm coming out of this chest cold. Yeah, thanks chest cold. Thanks, wow. (laughs) You want to read the back? When I think of romance, fun, laughter, friendship, I think of Prosecco. Mm -hmm. Prosecco is the wine that embodies emotion and celebrates life, sharing these moments, large and small, together, or dreaming all alone. Prosecco is there to delight, savor, charm, and seduce, make your occasion a personal celebration, make any day a special occasion. Love, Vera. We love you too, Vera. Thanks. So I love that because it speaks to when you were asking me about what kind of occasions I would think of. Mm -hmm. And I love that she's like, this is for anything. Yeah. But also, it's funny because this made me think it's such a tradition when you go to like pick out your wedding dress and try them on that they would pour you I I was trying to get you to get to the bridal party right there. (laughs) I I, I wasn't quite there, but I am there now. You're there now. 
Yeah, so that makes a lot of sense. I love that she has this great packaging too. Yeah, super. So cute. I'm excited to talk about this. Me too. Fashion, fashion, fashion. Yeah, so let's talk about Vera Wang. Let's talk about it. So her. first of all, what did I gift you today? You gifted me a pearl headband, which yes. I'm wearing. Yes, we're both in our little bridal pearl yes. headbands. You've You've got on your pearl earrings. I do. I opted. I almost had pearl earrings, but then I was like, that's too much pearl because I have a choker. Yeah, you're doing your pearl choker and your pearl chest piece. It's like a a necklace. Yeah, it's like a bib. Yeah. So I opted for a pink flamingo instead as my earring. Well, you are wearing kind of a pink floral top, so it works. And you know what? I debated because you asked, well, you told me what to wear. I did. And I went with this like really light cream pants Mm -hmm. and I was going to go with a white lace shirt but i didn't do it and i'm glad now because this is actually a this pink floral thing that i'm wearing is a silk robe that i just tucked in and so it's very reminiscent of like i'm getting ready before my wedding i know the robe thing you know what though i don't really love the headband on you so go ahead and take it off go ahead and hand it to me what the fuck thank you all right we're gonna swap it out. <laughs> oh my god! Now we really are twins. I know. So I, I gave thought you were gonna pull a veil out of there, <laughs> like one of those, like what did they call it? The the party that you go to bachelor the bachelorette party. That would have been little... funnier. So now you have a larger. Oh, I like that. That's cute. You have a larger pearl headband. I will let you keep this. Thank you. So now you like your accessories. Yes. I now you have two. Cool. Oh, I'll wear this during bath time too. I know, and I noticed that I gave you the larger pearl headband. Is it larger than yours? It is larger than mine. Well, you know, I'm a size queen. I know. (laughs) So. Also, I like the gradation of the size of pearls. Like, you could use this for several different things. You could. Like, bridal parties. (laughs) All right. Yeah. So, let's talk about Vera Wang. Let's talk about her. Okay. Look at the pattern that the bubbles have made. Oh, I like it. It's cute. We should start a business where we read people's fortunes like tea leaves, but we read the... So you just get drunk and make up stuff? Yeah. Okay, deal. Sold. <laughs> no, it's totally legitimate. No, yeah, right. Because that's licensed. real. Yeah. We're, who licenses us? The, what the board, board of ESP. <laughs> I was like, what board oversees psychics? All right. So Vera Wang, um, her full name is Vera Ellen Wang. Mm-hmm. I might butcher this pronunciation of her name in Chinese. Wang Wee Wee. Or Wei Wei? I don't. Wei Wei? I don't it, know. W e i w e i. I feel like that's Wei. Wei Wei. I think it's Wei. Okay. Yeah. Well, sorry if I'm. So it's out. Vera Wang Wei Wei. Well, Wang Wang is her Wei. is her surname, but in China, like in some other countries, okay. the surname comes first. Gotcha. Like your family yeah, name like, comes like, first. What was it? Chao Mulan. What? Chao Mulan. Like Mulan. Mulan? Yeah, Mulan. I don't. Her... I didn't know Mulan's last name. Okay, well, it's part of the movie, so. I wasn't that close to her, I guess, to know her full name. Wow. Wow. Do you know Ariel's last name or Cinderella's? Yes. Oh, okay. Cinderella Buffont. Now she's Cinderella Charming, obviously. Oh, God, that's a dumb... Okay, we're not getting into this. All right, Vera Wang was born June 27th, 1949. She's older than she's I thought. She's older, I know, in New York. Um, her parents immigrated from China... Her mom was a translator for the UN. Okay. And her dad went to MIT and has his own like medicinal corporation. Wow. Okay. So she's her her family is doing doing it. Yeah. Yeah. High expectations. She has one brother named Kenneth, and that's all I really know about him. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I just want to point out, you know, I want to be very sensitive to obviously talking about Asian culture. Sure. Um, But there is that stereotype even within Asian culture of other. 
it's so funny because the beads are rolling, so it's like moving across my head. <laughs> yeah, um, I definitely didn't get you to wear that for comedy purposes. <laughs> we're gonna. You can, you can take it off. You can wear it as like a, maybe a little necklace if yeah. you want. You know, there is that stereotype of like yeah. mm-hmm. they want their kids to become doctors. Sure. Yeah. He went to MIT. Yeah. And now owns his own medical corporation. It's like yeah. he took the stereotypical Asian parents' dream for their children and was just like, I'm going to one up it. Yeah. And I'm going to fuck it up for all of the kids mm-hmm. of my parents' friends. Mm-hmm. Like, they're all going to be like, why can't you be more like Dr. Wang? Yeah. Yeah, he did. He did very well. She started figure skating when she was young. So you brought that up. She started figure skating when she was eight years old. Wow. I feel like that is something that you start young in. You have to, yeah. Like a lot I, of those like, I'm not competitive sports. I'm a figure skater now. Maybe. Maybe they have a geriatric division for it. <laughs> <laughs> no, because We move fell, very slowly. If they broke a hip. I know. Oh, we have to drink a lot of milk. <laughs> While you're skating? Yes. Is this just an ad for big milk? <laughs> Got milk? Yeah, are we bringing back the 90s ads? Yeah, so she started figure skating. It's so foamy. It this is. is. really, really bubbly. Yours is foamier than mine is. I know. Why? I don't know. Maybe Did you pour it differently? I don't think so. Should I swirl mine to make it foam? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to slosh. You are. You almost got your boobs again. Yeah. Again. Gotcha. So she was pretty big in figure skating. In 1968, so she was 19 at the time, or maybe 18, she was featured in Sports Illustrated as a figure skater. So she was almost 20 at that point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's a really big deal. She was trying to go to the Olympics, but she did not make the Olympic team that year. Wow. So she completely pivoted, and she really focused in on her studies. She went to the University of Paris. And study there for a little bit. I thought she had her own like Emily in Paris. Sort I know. Of. Imagine you know, like late sixties, so, early seventies, like the yes. fashion of that time. Too. And she's got that little figure skater body during that time. Yeah, she's too, always been so. like really lean with her long, like thick hair. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna need like a Netflix original bio s- series, like on like her six life. or eight episodes. Right? Yeah, of her in Paris. Yeah, doing her thing, give an Asian actress a job. Come yes. On. Yeah, I would watch. A series about Vera Wang's life. Sounds amazing. She's fascinating. She ended up graduating from Sarah Lawrence College in the United States. I'm assuming this is an all-girls college. It's an all-women's college. Yes. My apologies. <laughs> yes. Ladies. A ladies college. Yes, for the ladies. Her degree was in art history. Hmm. Can come in handy when you become a designer later. Yes. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Immediately after graduation. So she was 23 at the time. She became an editor at Vogue. Wow. The youngest one ever. That's wild. I know. Do you think, okay, do you think part of that was just the prestigious background of her parents too? I mean, they had a lot of connections. Not that they like paid to get her in, but just because like. Sure. I feel like it's easier when you already are kind of running in these like upper echelon circles. Sure. I mean, like between her parents, I'm sure they had a wide social circle, like you're saying. But neither of them were really in fashion per se. Well, no, but. But they they may have like known someone who put her in contact with someone who, you know, blah, 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 blah. She also was kind of part of like New York high society Mm -hmm. because she was part of like the debutante ball and she debuted into society in 1968. Of course it was at the Waldorf Astoria. Of course it was. Of course it was. I think that those those particular things are so dated, however. Mm-hmm. Part of me is like, that would be kind of fun and cute. And then the other Especially part of me is like. Especially in the 60s. Yeah, but then there's part of me who thinks like, oh man, that would just be like so smothering. And 
that's not who I am, obviously, at all. My grandmother, my my father's mother, mm-hmm. um, and they grew up in, in Macon. Mm-hmm. And they're part of society there. And she was very upset when I informed her that I would not be one of the, like, escorts at the, the debutante ball. Because mm. she had already, like... She had like a two different girls that she like had her eye on that were old money, old family, all mm-hmm. of that stuff. And I was like, no, I'm not doing that. Yeah. First could of all, I'm a nerd. Well, you could have married rich, though. Yes, that would have worked out. I mean, you would have gotten money in the divorce, right? <laughs> so she worked at Vogue for about 16, 17 years. It was a long time. Yeah. And then she um, started working at Ralph Lauren in 1987. Doing that Rachel Green life. I know. Isn't that cute? I wonder if Friends was inspired by Vera Wang a little bit. That like Maybe. Sort of, or, or maybe Ralph Lauren's just a big brand. I think Ralph Lauren's just a big brand. Okay. I think it's cuter if they were like, we love you, Vera Wang. I would really love to know. Well, I guess that, that timeline checks out because mm-hmm. it wasn't really until that, I could be wrong about this, but it was like 80s that mm-hmm. Ralph Lauren really became like this household to me, Right. Item. To me, that was like associated with like the big preppy style movement. Right. Very kind of all-American. Mm-hmm. Which again, like the 80s mm-hmm. was that. And it was preppy in like a sporty preppy way, which right. was different than the preppy of like the 50s and 60s yeah. kind of way. And that's and that's their polo label. And then they've got their yes. purple label and then they have their, their black label as well. And I can't remember if it, I think it might be the purple label that's like the couture high end. Like that's where they make the tuxes to order and mm-hmm. all of that kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, that's what I have on right now. <laughs> I was wondering why you were wearing a tux. Yeah. I like to dress up for you. Makes sense, though. Yeah. <laughs> so she worked at Ralph Lauren for a few years. And then in 1990, when she was 40 years old, she opened up her own label. So, so I, I knew. I love that she did this, like, in her middle age. I knew that she had done that later in life, like, yeah. in her 40s or something. I remember an old friend of mine writing me a very inspirational note about that. And, like, you can do anything. Like, don't let. Right. When you turn 40. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 50 years ago. Yeah. And I have always found that very inspirational. I I do have to say, mm-hmm. knowing what I know now about her background, mm-hmm. it's a little less inspirational. <laughs> it's not like she was like, I'm an accountant and I'm fed up with accounting. Right. And so I'm going to become this fashion person. Like she was already in the world of fashion. Yeah. She already came from money. And like, it doesn't have quite the same inspirational appeal sure. as like, like an Alexander McQueen, for example, his story is very inspirational sure. before he like goes down the dark path of drugs and yeah, yeah, death. But yeah, well, I will say it's not that it's not inspirational. No, well, I think too. Like, think of the major designers we have; they're mostly men. Very true. So she was a trailblazer in that Asian regard, and she's well. an Asian woman too, right? So yeah. she's kind of hitting like double representation for folks who aren't traditionally represented mm-hmm. in the fashion world. Plus, Even, she's a, she's a skater girl. She was a skate. Yes. Ice skaters are definitely skater girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So she opened up boutiques in obviously New York, where she was based out of London, Tokyo, Sydney. Not Paris? Not her. I mean, I'm sure they sell her things, but she didn't have like a boutique specifically. I would have thought that she would have a boutique in, in Paris since she like. I'm sure they, she lived does there at this and, point. Well, I mean, like starting out, you would think that she'd go back to her roots. No, I guess New York. Um, in 2000. I guess Paris didn't want her. I guess not. Or she didn't want Paris. Paris was like, um, do a French accent. We don't get married. We have mistresses. Yeah, that's that's accurate. <laughs> In two thousand one, she released a book called Wang on Weddings. 
That is going to be like wang on, wang off. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, wang on weddings, depending on like alliteration. And in my mind, like when you think of but wedding when I designers, hear that, I know I, you think, I know what you think. What do I think? Penis. No, I was, I do now. <laughs> no, I think of the, the priest in, um, Princess Bride. Oh. Wang on weddings. <laughs> oh, no. <don't>. Marriage. <laughs> no, so that was her big book in 2001. What was it about? Weddings. Just her opinion on weddings? Yeah. She was like, Do you they make no? me a lot of money. End of list. In. Weddings. In. <laughs> in. Weddings. In. Elaborate. Tens of thousands of dollars. Wedding dresses. Out. Wearing any old thing. That was the whole book. Yeah. There's just a bunch of blank pages after that. A bunch of QR codes yeah. to her website. Oh, that's pretty impressive that she had QR codes in 2001. She's a trailblazer. She is. <laughs> her father came up with the technology. I mean, probably. At his medical <clears throat> wedding company. What's a medical wedding? Well. Well, tell me. It's when they marry two people in comas and they link their brains. Like Avatar? Kind of. But you can, oh, and then you can put them in any scenario they want to be in. So, like, mm. they're in a coma and they want to get married. You link their brains and you put them in. It's like that San Junipero Black Mirror I was going to say, this episode. is like Black Mirror, yeah. I do like that episode. It, that episode that's, made me cry so much. That's one of the sweet episodes of oh Black God. Mirror. The rest of Black Mirror, ugh. I loved it so much that I watched it one night while I was drinking, of course. Mm -hmm. Cried, watched it again that same night. And then the next night when Fact Checker came home from work, I was like, we're watching, we're watching this. And I cried again. Would you choose to live on virtually? Yes. What about a fact checker didn't want to? Well, then I guess I've got to fuck a lot of other dudes. Okay, then. <laughs> we know our answer. Sorry, fact checker. If fact, oh. Well, I already know fact checker's choice. Fact checker would be like, I do not want to live on virtually. Yeah, I don't. What I'm done. Why? No, I'm tired. But you get a whole new body and like everything. <sighs> it just sounds tiring. I don't want to do What if you get to live on virtually though, but you're like, on your own private island in Scotland in like a stone cottage with a fireplace and an infinite library. Like you can read every book that was ever written. And then it- Well, some books aren't good, so. You, you don't have to read every book that was ever written. <laughs> like it's not mandatory. You're not gonna come and be like, all right, you got your book report due in 10 minutes, yeah. Missy. Sorry, I see that you skipped Hop on Pop and Mein Kampf. I would skip both of those. <laughs> Let's get back to Vera Wang. Okay, I'm not satisfied with your answer, though. I do have to say that. I don't, okay, I don't want to live forever because one life is enough. What if you could, though, it's not like you have to live forever. You just have the potential to live forever. Like, you can cut off your virtual life at any point. But then I should just accept death when it happens to me anyway. Mm, no. Well, you have fun in your virtual reality afterlife. I probably will. Okay. Well, good. Good for you. Sincerely good. Yeah. Great. I'm, I'm going to be gone. Fact checker and I will be in whatever afterlife there is. I'm going to taste is... all the wines. Ooh. Okay. But here's... All right. New rule. No. <laughs> you can live in your virtual reality life, but you can't taste or feel or smell anything. Oh, you no. can hear and see, but like all your other senses are dumb. No. Okay. Doesn't sound so good now, does it? Well, no, because you ruined it. Thank you. Can you smell and taste in dreams? Because mm -hmm. I can, and yeah. you're not supposed to be able to. No, I can do it too. Yeah, I also experience pain in my dreams. Yeah, I can feel things in my dreams. I don't know what that says about us. 
think that we're just more creative than other people. That has to be it. Yeah. Not that our brains have gone bad. <laughs> Something's rotten in our brains. No, not We don't bad. have a tumor. Nope. <laughs> All right, let's keep drinking. What um, else about Vera? So when she was 40... Yeah, she started her um, her own line. She also got married around this time, too. So in 1989, she got married to an investment banker named Arthur P. Beaker. Yep, Beaker. She married Beaker. Did she design me. her own dress? I think she did, yeah. From what I read, there's not a lot about like the two of them and like their personal life, but I think she did design her own dress. They adopted two children, raised them. They broke up in 2012. So she's been single for over a decade now. But from all accounts, it was just like a pretty normal life. He sounds like a pretty normal guy. Yeah. Investment banker. Yeah. And like I could only find like a few pictures of them online. They look like normal people. Like there's not a lot of like gossip out there about them. So good for you as a person, bad for us as a podcast. Right. (laughs) End of podcast. We're done. So she did that. She seems like someone who's kind of like Martha Stewart, though, in the fact that she was very... Driven and focused on her business. Right. And I'm sorry, did you say that she had kids or no kids? They did. Yeah, they adopted two children. Adopted two Mm -hmm. children, that's right. Vera Wang's children, if you're listening, tell us all about your mom. Dish out the details. Dish out the details, yeah. Yeah. Was she like a sweet mom or was she like a mommy dearest? Or was she a cool mom? (laughs) I'm not like other moms. I'm like a cruel mom. Cruel mom. I like that. Yeah, so. Oh my God, what if she like ran a little sweatshop out of her house and that's why she adopted the two children? I'm just no, saying. Topher. I said, what if? It's hypothetical. You no. can't sue me. She didn't do that. Can Unless you prove it? Unless Wang's children tell us. Tell us. But no, probably Because Rachel doesn't know anything about you. Apparently, Vera did not even bother I, to name you. I'm sorry. They're not on this label of the Prosecco, are they? It says, love Vera, not Vera and her two children. Yeah, that's really weird, isn't it? That she, mm. like, couldn't even reference her children when she's talking about celebratory times. Oh, no. So I guess she wasn't drinking this Prosecco right after she gave birth. She adopted them. To her the idea. idea. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> She's actually somewhat active on social media. Really? Mm-hmm. So she um, is in her 70s now. She's an older lady. You compared her to Martha Stewart, and she and Martha Stewart are... Close in age. Martha Stewart's closer to 80, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like mid to late 70s? No, Martha's in her 80s. Right oh, now. she is 80. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, do you think that they get together and drink I Prosecco? Would, I bet and, they get along, actually. And do you think they have their phones out and they like shit talk other people that are on social media? Because oh. you know that's something that Martha would be into. Oh, Martha does it publicly, so she's definitely going to do it privately. Yeah. Yeah. I would love it if they were really good friends. Well, I would too. That would be really cute. Well, Vera, like during the initial stages of lockdown, she was in Miami and she had like some kind of like friends, kind of some people on her design team with her. Of course, in like this gorgeous beachside home, whatever, in yeah. Miami during lockdown. She started posting like these kind of thirst trap pictures of herself. She looks fucking amazing. I bet she does. She's got like the toned abs look going. She is. Yeah. She looks fantastic. So, like, there was this whole thing, early pandemic, where everybody's like, oh, my God, Vera Wang, 70, she looks this good. Yeah. And then there were rumors. Or, mm, rumors. Not rumors. Rumors. <laughs> rumors circulating that, like, oh, she's not as old as she says she is. Yes, she is. It's documented. Also, I don't give a shit. We've already talked about, like, right. aging yourself up. 
it right. would look better. I, Do don't, it. I don't care. Go for it. No, honestly, I mean, here's the deal. Typically, we have seen this. Yeah. Asian women do age very gracefully. Well, and she's... She's also very wealthy. And wealthy people tend to age very well. Because you have access to things that normal people Right. But also, she spent the first part of her life in this very intensive athletic training, learning a lot of bodily discipline. And I'm sure because, you know, you talked about her different business endeavors, she has a lot of discipline of her mind as well. So it stands to reason, I don't think she ever would have gotten rid of that bodily discipline as well. She's probably been taking really good care of herself. She she does look pretty much the same. If you look at her pictures over like the past few decades. Mm -hmm. It's actually interesting you brought that up because some people interviewed her like, how do you look so good? Like, what are your secrets? And she's like, well... You know, I, I'm very active, so I'm like, I'm always moving around. Like, that keeps me active. Mm-hmm. She talks about how, like, she tries to avoid the sun or, like, make sure she has, like, sunscreeners covered to avoid, like, the wrinkles and God, stuff. I need to do that. And she, like, has a workout routine. She says she eats pretty balanced. Like, she doesn't believe in, like, skipping meals or things like that. Like, she seems to lead a pretty healthy lifestyle. I think that's really important. I love the what you just said about not skipping meals. Yeah. Because, because she's in a field where that's common. Not only that, with obviously being fashion and people right. having a lot of body image issues. Yeah. But also being a business owner and a female business owner mm-hmm. in a very fast-paced environment, mm-hmm. it can just be easy to get caught up in the tasks of the day and not eat. It's something that, you know, I have to talk to a fact checker about sometimes mm-hmm. and I'll like put things in his backpack for him to be like, I need to make sure that you're at least like, if you're going to skip lunch, you're having a couple of options for snacks throughout the day as Mm -hmm. well. And it's not because of like an eating disorder thing. It's just a, I was on the go all day long. Oh yeah. But I also love it because we've talked about in our last season, Bethany Frankel Mm -hmm. and a lot of very problematic things surrounding Mm -hmm. Bethany Frankel and body image issues and eating issues and Mm -hmm. things like that. And so it's very refreshing to have someone who also is a New York businesswoman and mogul. And the fact that like for her, the priority is I'm going to make sure I'm taking care of myself. Right. I cannot run this ship. Right. Unless I'm taking care of myself. Yeah. No, she seems And that's not to say that Bethany Frankel has an eating disorder or anything like that. Just for legal purposes here. For legal purposes. I'm just saying yes. that there have been problematic things in the past that Bethany Frankel has said about other people that Well, and, that, cause and that's us fair. To... And I think sometimes people make assumptions about celebrities who are very thin and Vera Wang mm-hmm. is very thin. Mm-hmm. But I think it's because of, like you said, like her her physical conditioning from a young age, and she's just kind of maintained this. But she's not presenting necessarily her thinness as the ideal or right. something to strive for. It's just her body and how it is. And I've never heard or seen anything from her that puts down people who don't have bodies like hers. Right. Whereas Bethany was a different story. Exactly. And yeah. that's that's what I was kind of referencing. Yeah. And for me, I'm somebody who also has a very naturally slender body. Me too, yeah. And that's something that I struggled with as someone who was, you know, born male and presented masculine. Right. Because it did not fit into that ideal mm-hmm. that I saw my friends as we were going through puberty, they started to like fill out and bulk up and I'm just like getting stretched thinner right. and thinner. <laughs> 
And it so it took me a really long time to embrace that about myself and be like, no, this is just my body. And like you said, not in a way that's like, oh, look at me. I'm this ideal because I know that I'm not. It's just a it's just a fact about me. Right. And it means that I'm never going to be able to present myself in the ways that a lot of other male or men do. Right. But I also get to do a lot of fun things that they don't get to do because of my body type. So like. Yeah, like there's and I think this is kind of part of a larger movement that's happening more so now with this idea of like body positivity or body acceptance or body neutrality and kind of ways of just kind of acknowledging there's not one way to be mm-hmm. in your physical representation of yourself. Mm-hmm. So just kind of acknowledge and accept how your body is mm-hmm. and then find the things you like about it and like celebrate those things and celebrate those in other people too. I love to watch a lot of like fashion reality shows. So mm-hmm. like um, Making the Cut on Netflix mm-hmm. is one of me and uh, Fact Checker's favorites. But we also really love Project Runway. Yeah. It's not as good now that Heidi and Tim aren't there, but thank God for Making the Cut. But yeah, a recent season of in the past couple of years of Project Runway, they did a runway show in which all of the models were... Um, they were for the like special olympics mm-hmm. um so they were you know one of them was a veteran who had a prosthetic leg mm-hmm. one was paralyzed from the waist down you know things like that sure. and it was really really cool to see conversations being had with these people in terms of we know that you want to feel as glamorous as the people around you they were going to be going to i think an award show mm-hmm. to be recognized and mm-hmm. so it was like you know we, we want you to feel super glamorous. And the the focus became instead of like, how do we make you look like the people around you? And it was more of what makes you feel glamorous? Like See, how that, do you envision like. yeah. yourself? And I, I love that because, and it was also eye-opening to see some contestants on the show that were not taking that approach and the frustrations mm. between them and their clients. Right, because they're trying to cover up or hide. Exactly. Right, yes. camouflage. yes. Um, who's the model that has, and I don't remember what that skin condition is, but she's a black model and oh, she has- Oh, Vitiligo? Yes. Oh, I, I know who you're talking about. Oh, gosh. I forget her name. I know who you're talking about, though. She's gorgeous. The, yes. And the fact that that is something that's being celebrated and right. because it is beautiful. I've had so many friends that have had that with like the, the red port wine stain. Mm-hmm, I, and mm-hmm. I'm sorry if that, I don't know if that's still- an okay thing to say. I don't don't know know what the medical condition is that that it's called. And I remember as a kid, there was a a woman at our local ice cream shop Mm -hmm. and she had that. And I thought that it was the coolest, most Mm -hmm. beautiful thing ever. And I wanted it so bad. And I know that sounds like it's super privileged of you to not have that and want it. And you don't know like the stares that came along with that as this person was growing up and all that. And I totally understand that. But I say that just because I I do think it's really beautiful. I love mm-hmm. people who have really unique traits about yeah. them. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's interesting you mentioned that as a kid because that kind of speaks to also how much is conditioned into us. Yes. To like some things and dislike other yes. things when in reality it's kind of part of who people are and how their bodies are and that's yeah. okay. How many times did you 
see someone like as a, we'll say like young elementary school mm-hmm. how many times did you see somebody different from you and it didn't even register until another kid yeah started to oh for sure yeah. and then you kind of I, and i will say i would join in on things like that sometimes sure, as a young yeah. kid too or sometimes it wasn't even necessarily like another kid like not an instance of like bullying or teasing but then you would see something in a show or movie or book and mm. you'd be like Oh, I didn't know that was a thing to like look down on or right. point out. And then you're like, oh, wow. And then you start noticing it. Right. And it becomes ingrained in you in a way that you don't want it to be. Right. And it shouldn't be. And I think for the wedding industry, that's super prominent. And I think it's less so now more that like non-traditional weddings have become more commonplace mm. now. You mean but- it's it's more what do you mean? But what's more prominent? Sorry, of like having to fit into a specific oh, look and mold, and yes. I think that's kind of going away. Yes. Now, uh, hopefully, hopefully so. I can see it moving. It's in moving. That it's moving away because there's more acceptance of like you can be fat and get married and like still look good in your wedding <laughs> you can, dress. You can, I just love and that. It, that's I, a conversation that has. To, I mean, I don't love that. I love it ironically. Like, well, because the fact that that's a conversation that has is. to happen is so. But you're right. I can remember it even is. like watching things like shows or sitcoms from the early like 2000s yes. where it's like somebody will go and I'm I'm saying Will and Grace just as an example. It, sure. I'm not saying this happened in Will and Grace, but just as like that type of show. Probably so, yeah. Where like, let's say that, you know, Will and, and Grace go to a wedding and you don't actually see the bride. The bride's never Whatever, on camera. Yeah. But they're like, oh. She could not pull that dress off, kind of right, situation, that kind of you know. Stuff, yeah, or the idea of like, oh, I'm getting married, so I've got to go on this extreme diet. Extreme to fit diets into blah, for blah, weddings. Blah. You're right. I forgot that was a thing. Well, and when I was with my ex and he and I got <coughs> married, it was in the earlier 2000s, and I remember trying on wedding dresses and feeling like, oh, I don't want my my arms to show because my arms are fat. I hate or this that or so that. much. And then looking back on pictures of it later on, I was like, I look just fine. I don't know why I was insecure about that. There's also something that's built up, and I, I would blame the wedding industry for this, as well as I think society, at large. society yeah. expectations, but it's definitely perpetuated by the wedding industry. Oh, for sure. The idea that this day is the most important day of your entire life. And I'm like, you know what? If that's the case, then it's all downhill from here. I have nothing else to look forward to that's ever going to top this if this is the most important day of my life. Well, the wedding industry is insane. It's nuts. It's insane. I'm so happy that I was able to get married in the way that I was. I still want to do a big party, but. Yeah, so let's talk about our. Wedding experiences yeah. after our cross examination. Okay. I'm going to so talk cross examine first. I do need a top off because this is delicious. It really is good. I give you a I, it's so topic. fun drinking this and talking about weddings because I, I really do feel like I'm kind of like sitting, Oops. waiting to like. Somebody got greedy. Yours is bubblier. Why? It likes me more. Okay. I treat it, it with more respect. So I will say, if I were to ever get married again, mm-hmm. I do want that fun, like, movie montage moment of, like, mm. trying on different things and drinking this Prosecco, because it's good. So I know Barbara Ann's going to be there. Yes. My mother, Barbara Ann. Will I be there as well? Of course. Okay. Yes. You and Fact Checker have to be there. Who else would you have? I mean, how big of a thing are we doing? What's my budget? Because that's a factor. 
Are you paying? Thank I'm, you. Thank you, Topher. Oh, my God. You will do so much better paying for it yourself in terms of budget. I said he would steal the money to pay for it. I I can give you $40 for a dress. I'll take it. <laughs> um, all right. Before we do our cross-examination, I don't like this on your neck. So oh let's take God. it off. Okay. And I've got one more for you. Say yes. Oh, my God. Um, here you go. Oh, my God, you did. <laughs> you did do the uh, bachelorette party veil. I did You're do the so veil. funny. Thank you. Oh, my God. I, I love it. I am really it. funny. Oh, you played me really well earlier. I did, didn't I? I'm proud did of myself. Did you just, like, go crazy at a bridal shop? No. So what happened was um, Fact Checker this. and I were conspiring. <laughs> and I ordered you this veil because it is, like, a bachelorette party. It's a cheap veil. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Um, but it came with a little comb. And I knew that I could not make it, the comb work for you. Did you make this? Or Fact Checker made it? No. So I made it so it may fall apart because Fact Checker did not make it. I did. So then I ordered some pearl headbands and I just hot glued. I took the comb off and then hot glued the veil to the headbands. And I figured you would wear this at some point in your day-to-day life anyway. Oh, 100%. I've never had an opportunity to wear one of these and I feel so special right now. You should feel special. I feel like a pretty, pretty princess. I feel like I need to go to a bar and be like, I'm getting married. Oh, Woo! yes, let's do that. All right, so you ready to get decimated? Yes. Okay. So don't make me cry. It's my bachelorette party. In the spirit of weddings and bachelorette parties, we're going to do like some kind of wedding themed questions. Ooh, okay. Not just verrowing questions. All right, I like this. Are you like ready this. for it? Yeah. Okay. Same rules apply. As in, I'll probably say I win at the oh, end. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. That's a given. (laughs) All right. So it's a mixture of kinds of questions. Mm -hmm. Okay. So this first one is open-ended. Okay. Why do brides wear white? Mm, Because Queen Victoria wore white. Before that, they would wear any color. Yeah. They would kind of wear their nicest dress. Yeah. When did Queen Victoria get married? Oh, God. 18. Yes. Four, fifth, sixth, third... 1817? No, 1804. 1804? Yeah, she was young. Oh my God. How old was she when no, she died? No, that can't be right. That can't Damn be it. right. Damn it, internet. You got it. I was you about to up. say, I don't feel like that's right because the Victorian era lasted to like 1900 and she only... It was only... 1901 when she died. Yeah. So she wasn't and a child. She reigned right? for like 50 years, right? She reigned for a long time. When did... Almost 60 years. But I think that Queen... Elizabeth queen. II broke Oops. the record. She did. Whoops, I'm misspelling queen. I have had some. Victoria. Did you spell it queef? No, I just put a few extra E's did in you, queen. Did you just Google search queef Victoria? No, but I want you to. 1840. Okay, so, that was my first. I said my very was. first thing was 1840. So I'm taking a celebratory sip, sip and you're going to take a penalty sip. Fine. Okay, bonus follow-up question. Also, honestly, this is on Fact Checker for skipping out work today. It is. So that he could actually go to work. Right. To make money. To fund your lifestyle. Yes, to fund all my pearls. my veils. Yes. What's Vera Wang's favorite wedding dress color? Mmm. Mm. Ivory. Mm-mm. Blue. Mm-mm. Black. Yes. I love that. I love that. Don't you? I do. Isn't that fun? Okay. Take a celebratory. I'll give you that. So it's a bad question. <laughs> All right, number two, true or false question. True. You don't know what the question is. No, it is a true or false question. Take a sip for being an early bird. <laughs> I got it right. It is a true or false question. Wrong. I'm changing it now. Oh, no. It's multiple choice. <laughs> 
The term honeymoon comes from ancient Norse traditions. Mmm. Hmm. Man, I feel like I used to know this. Ooh, I'm dredging my memory right now. Mm-hmm. It's not working very well because I'm on the Prosecco. True? No. Mmm. True. Yes. Okay. Yay! Sip. Yeah. But I can't remember why. Okay, so... <coughs> Oh my god. I'm sorry. I'm dying of consumption oh now. Oh no, now that you have your veil. I'm a on dying it. bride. Oh no. Tragic. We never made it to our honeymoon. Oh no. So apparently it was customary in old Norse times for the couple after they got married to kind of like seclude themselves away in a structure of some sort. They weren't for just six. Well basically, yeah. For a month, so like a moon time. Oh. But somebody would bring them stuff, including Honeyed wine, mead. Mead, yeah. So it became a honey moon. That's so interesting. Yeah. Huh. Now, a lot of these facts are coming from, like, wedding websites. So, you know, take it with a grain of salt. But This is coming from big wedding. This isn't, like, strict academic research on <laughs> wedding customs throughout time. Cite your sources. I refuse. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next one is a multiple choice. Okay. What percentage of brides still wear diamonds in their, like, engagement or wedding set? What percentage? Yes. So here are options. It's multiple choice. Okay. A, 95%. B, 70%. C, 65%. Or D, 40%. Wow. I do know that it's moved into a trend in the Mm -hmm. last, I would say, like, 10 years or so to... Diamonds, like, not the default for a lot of people. Yeah. Part of that's due to ethical things. Sure. Part of it's due to just, like, there are a lot of really pretty stones out there. Mm-hmm. I'm not wearing my wedding ring today. Topher. You know I was at <laughs> Oh, my God. You made me sneeze. <laughs> like, I am allergic to your bare finger. Yeah, I am. Because mine is, mine's all sapphires mm-hmm. and different colored sapphires. Mm-hmm. But I still feel like the majority of people are basic as shit. So 95 95, what was the 70, second one? 70? 65 or 40? I feel like realistically, it's probably 95. I'm going to go with, with B. 70? 70. Sure? No, obviously, and I'm not. <laughs> okay, celebratory stuff. Oh, did I get it right? Yes, you did. Oh, my God. That's actually way less than I thought. I know. I figured it would still be like 95% of people. I would, too. Now, I don't know like how recent they're saying is like recent. Hmm. So, again, this is, well, these facts are from, like, thenot.com and stuff, so who knows? Yeah. I mean, if that's, like, a survey that was taken in the last couple of years, that's encouraging at least. It is encouraging, yeah. So what's the second most popular stone option? Ooh. diamond. Okay. Hmm. Zirconium. Um, no, I'm going to say it's probably not... Opal, because opal's very fragile. fragile, Yeah. Yeah. So it's probably either it's one of the big contenders like emerald, ruby, or sapphire. Mm -hmm. Probably sapphire? Yes. (gasps) Celebratory sip. You're rocking this quiz. Yeah. So sapphires are also very hard. So they're very durable stones and they come in a wide. A range of colors. Mm-hmm. They do, and which I didn't know until Fact yeah. Checker got me my ring because it's got a this really is almost like a navy kind of sapphire. It's, it's almost black in yeah. certain lights, and then yeah. there's four, no, two more traditional, really br- brilliant blue sapphires, and then four 
really pale green sapphires. Mm -hmm. So I didn't know they came in different colors until he did that. But the reason he chose sapphires Mm -hmm. was because I told him I didn't want diamonds. I said, I want something that's going to be, you know, really unique and speaks Mm -hmm. to my personality. And uh, he chose that because at the time I was still working in the service industry and he Mm -hmm. wanted something that I could wear while I was working. But if I accidentally like, you know, knocked it against something, something, yeah. It wouldn't crack or break, yeah. Right, so he wanted that durability. Yeah. And sapphires also signify happiness and sincerity. Oh, is that sweet? That is sweet. Gosh, I'm gonna Jeffy tell him that because he's a sarcastic job. bitch. He, I've seen him be sincere, <laughs> and it chokes me up. He is no, he's he's very sweet. Yeah, he's also very and sassy too. He actually, you know, I know that it's a big thing now to design your wedding ring, and like people have. Why do you keep staring at my? <laughs> I just really love the veil look oh, on you. Thank you. And I also worried that it will fall apart at any moment because I oh, did hot glue it together. No, it's doing really well. Okay. It's a big thing for people to design their own rings, but it's usually like, you know, you've got like, it's kind of a mix and match, like copy paste sort of yeah. situation. When f- I say that Fact Checker designed my ring, I mean, he sketched it out, sent hand drawings to his friend in Hong Kong, who's a jewelry yeah. maker. Mm-hmm. And... She literally went through like four different drafts of the ring where she would cast it in Mm -hmm. white gold, send a picture to Fact Checker. He'd be like, that's not quite right. She'd melt it down, do another, yeah, before we got to the final iteration. Like he literally designed it. He did such a good job. Okay. You need a Fact Checker talk to boyfriend because if boyfriend ever proposes, he needs to step up. Okay. Not that he doesn't step up. I should say it that way. Deadbeat boyfriend. No. That's his new name for the podcast. He's a great guy. Okay, question though. Do you want him to propose? I'd like. (gasps) I would. Really? I feel like just a few months ago you were like, oh, I don't ever need to get married. Why are we whispering? (laughs) (laughs) We're the only people in the room. Well, and the rest of the world is listening right now. That's true. Maybe it's because you're in the veil and we're drinking Prosecco. I feel like it's a little We're like having like girl time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Well, Vera, if you're listening, it sounds like somebody might need a black wedding dress designed Ooh, I would love a black wedding dress. Honestly, though, you would also look really good in like a, a really, really, really dark red, like almost black. Red. Mm, deep crimson. Yeah. Yeah. So I have thought about, okay, pausing on the cross-examination. We're doing a lot of sidebars right now. We are. We're <laughs> in our chambers. We are. <laughs> We're drinking. Although how cute would a judge be if they just showed up like a veil one day and like a glass of Prosecco? Like, let's have some fun today. And then the barrister's like, you're drunk and we're disbarring like, you. you're drunk. <laughs> you're the drunk one. No, I have thought, okay, if boyfriend and I ever get married... I would want to wear a dress that I could continue to wear yeah. in, like, day-to-day life. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like, not to go to the grocery store, but, like, on a nice Or to occasion. go to the grocery store. No, I'd, I'd mess it up some. I'd get, like, caught in the cartwheel or something, and it would You rip. would. I would. Yeah, I would. I know myself. So it sounds like you want something that has a lot of... <clears throat> loose bits and pieces. Yes. All fringe. <laughs> you want a wedding dress, but make it deconstructed. That would happen. No, but I would, I would want a dress that's not a traditional mm-hmm. wedding dress dress like i had a white dress before and it was fine it wasn't a wedding dress Well, because you were a virgin then yeah yeah (laughs) right barbara ann yes but no i would want something that i could like wear out again for a special occasion or something like that so i love a non-traditional wedding how do you feel about 
let's say that you get a non-traditional wedding dress that mm-hmm. you can't immediately identify mm-hmm. as a wedding dress. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to a good friend's wedding mm-hmm. and you wear that dress. <gasps> Scandal. Do you feel, because I feel like if it's a non-traditional wedding dress, mm-hmm. that's completely fine. Okay, but it, did that person come to my non-traditional wedding? Oh, well, then you're an outfit repeater, so that's a completely different conversation. You know I'm not opposed to that, and I know you are. I know. (laughs) All right, let's move on with our quiz. She did not answer the question. Let it be known. I would say it depends. (laughs) You give a few drink there? I just... Sprayed drink into my nose. Yes, you sure did. How did that even happen? I don't know. What were the physics of that? I don't know how you managed that. All right, fill in the blank. Okay. The most popular month to get married and then the least popular month to get married. Ooh, well, according to Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, Mm -hmm. they say when you're married in June, you will always be a bride. Okay. So I do feel like June is like a really big one, but I also feel like May Mm. is a really big one. Mm Mm-hmm. Can I go with June as most popular? Okay, and then least popular. August. I'm going to say you're wrong because you didn't get both answers right. So which, one did, which one did I get right? It is June for the most popular. And August is not the least popular? Who the fuck wants Jan- to get married in August? January is the least popular. I would rather get married in January than Me August. Me too, same. It's too hot. It's Even too hot. Even June is pushing it. Like, where do you live? Where August is not the most miserable Maybe month. Maybe they live the, like in the Northeast or like Pacific Northwest or even like the Upper West, like in the Dakotas where it's mild I still, in August. I, no, I feel like it's still got to be really terrible in August. It's hot. Although, I, I would not do a hot weather wedding. I would not either. Mm. And I don't particularly like it super fucking cold, like sure. Dakotas in January cold. Yeah. But yeah. what if you had like a beautiful wedding gown with like faux fur accents mm-hmm. or real fur and <gasps> then like they've made a like from your house to the chapel they've made like a snow tunnel thank you that's for doing lit. this for me and boyfriend like how cute would that, that would be, be really cute yeah that would be cute oh my god and your ring bearer is like a little um one of those little Polar like bear? white sea oh i was gonna say a white <gasps> sea otter pup or a white yes. seal pup yes a little white seal is like, oh, oh, oh my oh, god oh. and and boyfriends, I guess now he's fiance slash about to be husband. Yeah. His entire groomsman party are penguins. <gasps> oh, because the tuxedos? Yes. Yes. Okay, I'm sold on this. Because I'm vision. pretty sure they exist in the Dakotas. <laughs> we can ship them in. <laughs> we can steal from an aquarium or zoo, right? It's fine. It's, no, don't ask questions. It's fine. <gasps> you ride in on a moose? No, they're mean. Oh, And they're they? very tall. Yeah. Well, what do you want pulling your your sleigh? Oh, a cute little sleigh. We could do like the reindeer or maybe a cute little huskies. <gasps> oh. Oh my God. And and little bit like puppy huskies as party favors for all yes. your guests. And you and Fact Checker are responsible for homing them. You don't get to keep them all because Fact Checker won't allow it. Sorry, Fact Checker. You get to keep one. Rachel rules. <laughs> Rachel rules. Sorry. All right. True or false question. Mm-hmm. In France, you can marry a dead person. In some country, because this is just fucked up enough, mm-hmm. in some country you can marry a dead person. Is it France? I don't know. You tell me. Also, what is the purpose behind this? I'm going to say true. Yeah, celebratory it is, And it is France. It is France, yeah. So if you can prove that the person was intending to marry you before they died, 
you can marry them. No, I don't know it's, what the benefits it are. It sounds like it must be like estate and insurance related. Like but I don't I, know if you could get insurance out of it, though. I think maybe it's just for like, maybe for your recognition of your relationship with that person. I think it's it's got to be fiscally related. Maybe. Think about me and Fact Checker. Sure. We, we have our living wills. Yeah. But beyond that, if he were to die and not have any kind of will, since we're not married by the state... I would be out of everything. So I think it's more of like a retroactive, like Maybe. this person, you've been together with this person forever. You were planning on getting married. This person gets hit by a bus suddenly. And now yeah, you're but I, out of. But I think it's like you actually have to prove that there was a plan to get married. Not that you were just in a partnership. Right. Well, together. I said you're about to get married. Yeah. Like you're planning the wedding. Yeah. I think you would I think have it's to, to prove protect, that. Yeah, yeah. Because otherwise that person would be like shit out of luck when it comes yeah, to. Yeah. Maybe to protect like inheritance. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Yeah. Like, imagine you're with somebody for six years. You're living with them as your fiance. Yeah. You're planning the wedding. They die suddenly. But the apartment sure. or the, the house was in their name. And now you're the homeless. Home that, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. But I don't know if you would necessarily be entitled to, like, insurance money if you yeah, weren't listed as, like, a spouse on a claim or something. Now, question. Yes. Does this legally also give you any kind of conjugal visits or... To a corpse? Go and try it. Go to France and... To your husband, Rachel. Your corpse husband. Your corpse husband. Your corpse husband. I mean, there's been a movie about it. Tim Burton made it. Yeah. We should remake it as the corpse husband. Mm-hmm. Yep. But it's a porno. Damn it, Topher. <laughs> Rachel rules. Take a drink. I'm just, you know, looking for a stiffy. Uh, there we go. Take, take another little drink for that. All right, this next one is multiple choice. Okay. What is the most popular wedding destination in the U.S.? Is to, it Like to get married at? Yeah, to have your wedding, your ceremony. Okay, so A, Hawaii. B, Empire State, New York. C, Las Vegas. Empire State. Building. The building. Oh, okay. You know what I mean. I've I just wanted to make sure. I Listen, I just want to make sure I'm I know all the terms to, and conditions <laughs> here. I'm trying to trick you. Or D, Disney World, Florida. I don't think it's the Empire State Building. I think it's between Disney World and Hawaii, and I'm going to go with Hawaii. Sure. No, but I'm going to go with it. Wrong! Is it Disney World? No! It's Empire State Building? No, it's Las Vegas. You didn't say Las Vegas. I did say Las Vegas. You only gave me three options. I gave you four. No! Like I did earlier. Because I was thinking that it would be Las Vegas, but you you didn't say it. I would have said Las Vegas. We have a literal Roll recording. Roll back the tape. Okay, so A, Hawaii. B, Empire State, New York. C, Las Vegas. Empire State. Building. The building. Oh, okay. You know what I mean. I've I just wanted to make sure. I Listen, I just want to make sure I'm I know all the terms and conditions here. I'm trying to trick you. Or D, Disney World, Florida. I'm taking a celebratory sip on that one because you did not say Okay, Las well, Vegas. in my mind, you're taking a sip because you're wrong. N- then I'm not going to take a sip at all. Then in my mind, you've... Oh, I see you doing it in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> We're both going to take a sip. Okay. Yours yeah. is in shame. Mine's in celebration of Rachel's. Awesome. <laughs> the second most popular is Hawaii. That makes sense. Yeah. Bonus question. Fine, I'll let you get a point back. Bonus question. I say fine like I didn't make up the bonus <laughs> I know, like... <laughs> This is current Rachel being mad at previous Rachel. <laughs> We're on a lot of timelines here. We are. 
What's the average number of weddings in Vegas, like, per day? Per day? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I just have to, like, fill in the blank here. Yeah. Give me a number. Ooh. Think of all of Vegas. It's huge. Yeah. How many people get, or weddings, not people, because I'm not going to, like, double it up. 5,000 weddings per no. day. Is that too high? It's too high, yeah. 1,000. Too high. 500. Too high. 30. Too low. 80. Go back up. 150. Keep going. Double it. 300. Yes! I got it! Celebratory sip to me. For me, for being good at encouraging. So before I cut my parents off, Mm -hmm. my mom used to tell this story about how she went on this business trip to Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she's in the cult, too. Mm -hmm. So... Why was she she going on a business trip, first of all? Because at that point, my father was in seminary, Mm -hmm. and she was supporting the family. Okay. And she didn't want to go by herself, so she got my grandfather, my dad's dad, her father-in-law, to go with her as her, like, chaperone. Okay. Oh. And one of her, or two of her co-workers, a man and a woman, got really, like, drunk and flirty and ended up getting married (gasps) at one of the little chapels after, like, drinking tequila sunrises by the pool all day. And then it turned into, like, a domestic violence dispute thing where they were, like, throwing shit at each other. And, like, yeah, and my grandfather had to get involved. Oh, God. And then they got an annulment. It was a very Britney Spears kind of thing. Yeah, that's, to me, if you're going to get married in Vegas, like. Plan for it. Well, yeah, like, if, I don't know. And this is my, like, judgmental nature coming out because I am a judge. You are a judge. You are qualified to judge. I am qualified, like. Do you need the gavel? I might need it. Like, it's not going to last in my brain. Like, Vegas weddings, no. I automatically think, like, ooh, you didn't really think that through. Well, the whole it's reason that last. they do it is is it's a drunken decision right. or it's you're on a high from, like, gambling and Drinking shit like that. Drinking yeah. shows. Like, yeah, you're caught yeah. up in this excitement yeah. of the moment. Now, if you're already an engaged couple and you're sure. taking it and you're like, I'm going to Vegas in order to do this, like, cheesy kind of thing, that's right. how I want to elope. Right. That's one thing. Right. Yeah. yeah, but if you're there and you're like, "Hey, we should get married," and I'm like, Ugh, "Not gonna, not gonna work." Not gonna work. Not We've work. all seen that movie with Ashton Kutcher and Cameron Diaz called "What Happens in Vegas." Is not good, and it causes you a lot of complications later down the line. Exactly. That was a subtitle. <laughs> Very unwieldy, but surprisingly, it, did okay at the box okay. office. It did okay. Yeah. Question eight: How long is the average engagement in the U.S.? Oh God, something really stupid like. A year or less. So give me a number. Is that your number? I'm going to say 12, 12 months. months. Mm-mm. Too short? Oh, that's so good. 18 months. 14. Okay. That's Take basically a, a year. Take a drink. It's basically a year. Rachel rules. You're wrong. Take a drink. Yeah, but it is basically a year. All right. True or false question? English. I would like folk- a false question. <laughs> well, we're going to see. English folklore says it's good luck to find a moth in your wedding dress. Well, moths eat cloth. Mm-hmm. So it seems counterintuitive for that to be lucky. Mm-hmm. And you said English folklore? Yeah. We are a strange people, so I'm going to say true. Oh, it's bad luck. No, it's a spider. Oh! <laughs> you tricky little minx. I know. <sighs> Forcing right. you to... I'll cheers you. Cheers. <laughs> yeah, a spider. Isn't that weird? I like it. I'm not excited if I see a spider crawl out of an item of clothing that I'm about to put on my body. It makes sense, though, because there's a lot of lore around spiders and 
them being good luck because of them weaving. They they um okay. They compare them to kind of, and this isn't just Greek. Like, there's a lot of different. Like, Welsh mythology has this as well. Mm-hmm. But the the triad of sisters that are yeah. the fates, mm-hmm. and so they're representative of that. And so spiders weaving is like they're weaving the story of your life and your future. Sure. So yeah, I can yeah, see that yeah. being a thing. But also, spiders can bite you. I actually like spiders. I think they're really cool. I don't want them on me or no. necessarily in my clothes. No, I don't like that part. And by in my clothes, I'm like, you're gonna stretch that out. Please stop wearing my clothes. With all your legs, spiders. God. God. All right, final question. And we're going to do winner take all on this. Ooh. Because I've not been keeping track. And I think you've been doing a little too well for my taste. Uh-oh. I actually don't know. I think I think it might be kind of 50-50 at this point. So I think winner takes all <laughs> is appropriate. All right. According to the knot.com. What... Every time you say that, I, I think you're about to say according to the Nazis. No, it's over. No. What's the average cost of a wedding in 2021? Oh, Jesus. I have no... In 2021? Yeah. Okay, well, first of all, are you doing what you're supposed to do with pandemic quarantine protocols? No. So funny enough, like in 2019, 2020, the average wedding cost actually went down. Good. Because of the pandemic and like quarantine. But now in 2021, we got back to normal. Back to business, baby. Back to business. It wasn't normal, but okay. In the U.S., we were like, I was still we're wearing done. a mask, but the okay. The U.S. is like, we're done with it. Average cost of a wedding in 2021 in the U.S. Man, I'm going to say like 25 grand. <gasps> no. Is that low? It's low. Take a drink. And oh, think, no. Think again. I'll give you one more try. Winner take all, Topher. 65 grand. No, you went way too high. Oh, Jesus Christ. 30, I have no gauge for this. 33 thousand dollars that's the price of a brand new car i know so i don't understand that do you remember that show that came out during pandemic i think that you and i were texting marriage about or it. mortgage yes yes can we talk about that since we're having a marriage related yes let's do it yeah. those people are fucking idiots mortgage more Every single time. Gage. if something happens and your spouse dies just make sure you moved to- <laughs> <laughs> i'm so sorry if something happens and your spouse dies. Diddle Rachel's boob. Yeah, exactly. That's where Topher went with that. You know, I'm very Raise your friend's boob. I'm like, I'm in mourning. You can't say anything. <laughs> I'm, in, I'm in a very difficult mental and emotional place right now. Yeah. You know, just move to France and then marry your spouse post-mortem. Yeah, yeah. and death and you're fine. No, like the amount of people who are like, I don't know. I've got $35,000 saved up. First of all, Good. who are these people? And also how. Yeah. How. And they were so young. I know. They're working, okay, they're working jobs that we did not get. Also, I think parents they're had given business. them yeah. things. Yeah. yeah. Or like inheritance. Sure, yeah. But yeah, and they're like, so, you know, we're renting right now for like $2,500 a month. And we really want to buy a new house. Or we could get married and have a ranch fountain. And that's, for those of you listening that's who haven't seen thing. this. When I say ranch fountain, I don't mean like it's out on a Texas ranch. Oh, no, no, no. I mean a fountain that's like a chocolate fountain, Mm -hmm. but it spews buttermilk ranch instead. Which I I like ranch a normal amount. I enjoy dipping in ranch. Yes. Do I want to have a fountain of ranch? No. Unsanitary? No. I don't want anybody else's grubby little hands going in there. Second of all... Also, the ranch fountain was one of the things that was like the deal breaker for them because it was like... I know. They chose the ranch fountain. Yeah. I know. And it was like $5,000 or some shit. It was ridiculous. Which I get because ranch is very viscous. Like, it's going to clog up the works. You need a very specific pump for that. No, that's gross. 
Yeah, but what? Okay, what I don't enjoy get... your fucking buttermilk semen fountain. Jesus, <laughs> is that the title of our episode? <laughs> Vera Wang: A Story of Buttermi- Buttermilk Buttermink Butter Buttermink Semen Fountains. There we go. <laughs> That's a lot of money to spend, and for that to be the average cost, thirty three thousand, is bananas to me. So I'm gonna say I won the cross examination because that's my rules. Thank you. I mean, you kind of did. Kind of done. Yeah, I think you did you really did, well, you did, though. You did. You did much better than me in this cross examination. You were you, tricky. You had a good start. Thank you. Yeah, I started off strong. You did, and then went downhill. Didn't went very downhill. Didn't yeah. make the Olympics. I like I to build up it. your confidence and give you that false sense of security. Ooh, psychological warfare. It's yeah. my favorite kind mm-hmm. of warfare. That is an insane amount, though. I would never, if, okay, if I were a multi-millionaire, billionaire, whatever, cool, fine. You'd be spending a lot more than 33000 Sure. But for a normal, like, middle-class income, I don't no think way. that people should go into debt for no their way. weddings. Oh, no. And I also don't think that you should have to save up years and years and years no. for your wedding. Like, it's one day. It's literally one day. It is. Just do... So we're going to talk about our weddings, right? Yeah, all right. You tell me no, about you your tell wedding. tell me about yours first. Oh, the wedding that I had? Yeah. It was It was very... a disaster, you guys. Well, the marriage didn't work out. Yeah. <laughs> Which is fine. So um, many birds, by the way, at this wedding. It was bird themes. It was come as your favorite bird, which in retrospect was not ideal. Yeah. I did like you coming as a toucan, though. Thank you. It was weird that you came as toucan Sam from the Fruit Loops commercials. I figured more people would get it. <laughs> Um, no, so when I got married to my ex, it was a very, he and I had been engaged for a couple months, but then we kind of decided we needed to get married sooner rather than later for like green card Green issues. card. No, but it wasn't in a bad way. It was just the situation we were in. So you did not wait the standard 14 months. No, I did not. We waited about like five, I think, which is okay. Well, Whatever. we we averaged each other out because okay. we waited three years. There you so. go. There you go. Yeah, <laughs> averaged. No, so like I got just like a kind of cute white cocktail dress from the mall. It wasn't a wedding dress specifically. Although I did try on wedding dresses. You went to the mall for your wedding yes, dress? Yes, I did. It was from Ann Taylor. Oh, my God. I've later donated that dress, so thank you to whoever now wears it. It's oh, my God. You should probably write a an apology letter to that person. I cannot have brought them luck. It, but it's, it wasn't a wedding dress in specific. It was just like a strapless white cocktail dress. It was very early 2000s style. Okay, Strapless? Yeah. How slutty of you at your I wedding. Know, and I didn't wear a bra. Because <gasps> it, it, it was a little tight. <laughs> so my boobs were not moving. You were dress. like, this is. I was like, they're staying put. Yeah. I got a cocktail shelf. Yeah. He got a suit from like K&G Warehouse or like whatever it is. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so he rented a, a suit for No, it. he like just bought oh, a suit. Oh, he actually got it. Okay. Yeah, because he bought a suit. It wasn't like a wedding specific suit, but it was just like a dark, dark gray or black suit or whatever. Got a cake from Publix, flowers from Publix, and we got like Indian food catered. It was That's at cute. It was at Barbara Ann's house. It was very small. Fact checker was there. Mm-hmm. He was, yeah. It was very small. So like in total, it cost $1,000. It wasn't, okay. a, it wasn't a pricey wedding because we were both poor and in our early 20s and we didn't right. have money. And we didn't That's have the time other to thing plan. is that yeah. a lot of these expensive weddings, like when you talk about a $33,000 wedding, we're not really talking about people in their mid-30s making a decision that they've, you know, they're establishing no. their careers. We're talking about like... It's, it's almost the same. It, I shouldn't say this. It's not the same. But it's in the same vein of... 
asking children, 18-year-old children Mm -hmm. and 17-year-old children to sign student loans that are predatory Mm -hmm. because I feel like there's such societal expectations for kids to go to school if you're going to make something of yourself, as I say in like finger quotes, because I don't believe that. But it's the same with the wedding industry where it's like, Oh, but if you don't do these things, you're always going to look back and regret it. Don't you want to pay thousands of dollars for this wedding album situation? And it's like. No, there are things that like, like I said, if boyfriend and I were to ever get married that I would do. What would you do different? I would. Well, I don't differently just like do. I would want to make sure we did have a nice photographer there. And a prenup. For all my zeros dollars. Listen, I'm not sharing all of my zeros of podcast dollars with That's right. with boyfriend. That's right. No, I would want a nice photographer. I would want to have a little more time to plan so that we could have the people we wanted there. And I would find like a nice location. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be like a wedding venue. Right. But just like a nice location. And like, those are the things I would spend money on. Maybe spend money on like someone to like do my hair for me because I'm not great at that. I mean, I think you're good at doing your hair. Maybe okay. not like it's my wedding day. Yeah, hair. like that's for, a, for that's that a different sort of thing. thing. Like yeah. I don't have that technical skill. So maybe right. like I would spend money on that. And of course, like I food and drinks. Th- that know. kind of thing is worth spending money on though. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't spend money on like decorations or bridesmaids dresses or like anything superfluous. Right. What would you, what would, tell us about your wedding first. Then tell us if you were to do it differently, what would you do? So we had a quarantine wedding. We did. And the reason that we ended up doing it, because we had a plan to save up and have a a specific type of wedding, Mm -hmm. which is still the wedding that I want to have. Yeah. I'll get into that. But our wedding, we pulled the trigger because there was a lot of stuff going on politically with rumors of the Supreme Court possibly overturning some things. And we just... We reached a place where we were like, you know what, we want to make sure that we're taken care of. Mm -hmm. And so we contacted a lawyer friend of Fact Checkers who specializes in family law and talked to him about drafting up a basically our marital contract Mm -hmm. that would allow us to have all of the things that are important to us in terms of what legally a marriage would be without having to rely on the government to uphold things Mm -hmm. or not. So different things like, you know, rights of inheritance, medical rights, things like that. Mm -hmm. And then we basically took everyone that we were planning on having as part of our like wedding party and they were the guests. So Mm -hmm. it was like 10 people. Yeah. It was at the lofts that we live at out in the courtyard in the garden Mm -hmm. at sunset. And we wrote our own vows, did kind of a potluck situation had a, a bar set up, serve yourself in a little fire pit. And it was really, really nice. It was super easy, super low key. Mm-hmm. The thing about it for me was that like, it was so low stress. It was so, I was so present throughout the whole mm-hmm. thing. It wasn't one of those like things where there's so many people that you just don't have a second to catch your breath. You don't have any real conversations yeah. or connections with anyone. I was there with my husband and our yeah. nearest and dearest. I remember the whole night. It was great. I love it. Now, my dream wedding okay. would be kind of like that, but on steroids. Okay. So it would still be a really small group. I'm talking like we're going to max out at for the actual wedding, like 40 people. Mm-hmm. But our dream was to save up and we wanted to rent a villa in Tuscany mm-hmm. that sleeps like 20 people. Yes. 
And so the idea would be that fact checker would go off on his bachelor party mm-hmm. excursion. My bachelor party would be my wedding party. So like my closest friends and we go out to this villa in Tuscany, hang out by the pool, go on wine tastings, eat great food, explore the countryside for like two or three days. Then at that point, fact checkers party comes and converges with ours. Mm-hmm. His parents would come, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. And so our like rehearsal dinner would basically, because we found this one villa that we loved and it had three kitchens. Ooh. So our rehearsal dinner would be like, mixing and matching people like groups of people that don't necessarily know each other very Mm. well and be like okay y'all are in charge of appetizers y'all are in charge of main y'all are dessert or salad or whatever you know so it kind of gives them a chance to all cook together Mm -hmm. and and get to know each other and then we have like a family style meal as our rehearsal dinner the next day we get married out on the terrace we don't have to pay for decorations because we're You're overlooking. In a setting. Yeah, yeah, we're overlooking a fucking vineyard. Yeah, like what the fuck. And then we tell everybody who came, like, "Hey, thanks so much for flying out here and being a part of this. We have secured the villa for the next like three or four days, uh-huh. so you guys enjoy your little like vacation here. We're off on our honeymoon, and then we go and do yeah. our thing. I really want you guys to have that. I think it would be okay. super fun. I like the intimate kind of setting. That's something I really loved about the wedding that you and Fact Checker had was that it was very close. It was so heartfelt and it was nice. Like it would have that like cozy feeling where it was a nice balance of sincerity, celebration, not going over the top, but having it be a memorable time. And I think that's what like a wedding should be. Because like you said earlier, it's not, the point of a wedding is to celebrate, Mm -hmm. but it's one day. Yeah, it's one day. It's one day. It's one day in your life. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's especially one day in because your marriage of, with that person. Too. Right. And so for me not having family there, which yeah. we did do like a like a Zoom, Zoom yeah, thing. Yeah, pandemic time. Yeah, yeah. So that my siblings who live yeah. in a different state could could at least watch it. But for me, it was so much of like I don't have that traditional family that a lot of people have. Sure. And I've been really blessed that I've been able to curate what that Mm -hmm. family is for me now. Mm -hmm. And this was a celebration of me and Fact Checker's future together with that family. Yeah. And so those people were there. There were some that couldn't make it because of pandemic, but they were able to Skype in too Mm -hmm. or or Zoom in. So yeah, it it felt very, I wanted it to be very sincere. And I remember Fact Checker's really good friend, who's also my really good friend now, was helping me kind of organize things and was like... Every time I ask you, like, hey, how do you feel about this? You're like, yeah, if that's if that's easy and it works, then we'll do yeah. that. And she was like, what drugs are you on right now? And I was like, I'm literally not stressed. Like, I don't yeah. care. Yeah. I just want us to all be together and have a good time. And then, like, the day of, she was like, okay, so if y'all are standing here reading your vows to each other, right. mm-hmm. where do you want everyone else to be? Do we need to mic you? What's going on? And I was like, mm-hmm. I don't want to be mic'd. No. If people want to hear what I'm saying, they're free to move in closer. Yeah. I'm not going to stand here and try and project because I don't want this to be performative. I'm saying something right now to my husband. Yeah. I don't mind other people hearing it, but this is about him and me. And I don't right. mind them sharing in that, but I'm not going to do it for them. Yes. And I think that's such an important thing to mm-hmm. remember as 
you all plan your weddings, like, Mm -hmm. don't do this for other people. And I understand that the temptation is there and there are family members who make you feel guilted into doing things. There are, yeah. But at the end of the day, this is about your relationship with your significant other. Those other people are going to die and pass away. And And this is not going to be one of those things that they... You think they're going to carry this for generations? They're not. They're They're going to let it go. Yeah. And the thing is, too, like, ultimately it is a celebration of the two people getting married. Of course, you know, like, family, friends, those are considerations. But they're not the ones in that marriage. They're not the ones who are really going to carry on the memories of that moment. Mm -hmm. So do what you feel is best for you. Like, I have a friend who, she and I have been friends for like over 30 years. Like we've we're childhood friends. We continue to be friends like throughout high school, college and beyond that. She got married. Her parents wanted her to have like this traditional big Vietnamese American wedding where there were like 200 guests. And that was not her style at all. She was getting frustrated. She didn't want that. Her fiance now husband didn't want that. But the parents had control over it. So it kind of became this thing that wasn't really her. Right. And wasn't really her husband. And I think if you were to ask her now, she would probably have some regrets about that time. Be like, oh, that's not really what I would have wanted mm-hmm. for myself or for my husband. Because they were, they're, you know, smaller. They would pref- have preferred a smaller ceremony because they're more right. introverted. That's kind of their vibe. They would have probably done something like out in nature, not like a big banquet hall. But there was like cousins and neighbors and like these people that you've maybe met like Two or three times in your life there. Right. So many like, relatives why? that, like, your yeah. parents are like, oh, you remember your great aunt, whatever. And you're like, uh, uh. I don't remember that person. They're like, yeah, you remember you were a year and a half. Okay, yeah. sure. Yeah. No, honestly, pre-pandemic, my wedding was not, the way that it went down was not what I would have ever envisioned. Yeah. And I'm so actually kind of grateful that yeah. it happened the way that it did. And I would actually, to people like you're you're describing your friend, yeah, I would say, pandemic or no pandemic, I understand that families have a lot of expectations on you. If you don't feel comfortable being like, I'm not going to do that. I want to do this just for myself. Sure. Yeah, just have two ceremonies. Do yours on your own with your nearest and dearest, and then a week later, do have yeah. the big mm-hmm. one to appease everybody else. But make sure that you're giving yourself that really intimate, sincere, wonderful moment. Yeah. Because it, you know, I've I've lived with Fact Checker yeah. for almost nine years Sure, now. yeah. You know, we've been together for so long. I knew that like nothing was going to actually change about our relationship. But having that really intimate ceremony with the people that I love around me yeah. in such a, a small, quiet kind of way and reflective yeah. kind of way, it actually kind of did change. It, not that it changed. It solidified. It's affirming. It was very affirming. Yeah. It felt it felt like such a, a right move, you know? It did. And, well, the two of you had a chance to, yeah, celebrate with your, your guests, the people you were close mm-hmm. to, you know, and have fun. But also the two of you had a chance to really enjoy your time together. Yeah. As well, which is so important because so many weddings – are so caught up in like, you have to do this thing and then this thing and then this thing. And the couple never really has time to interact on that day. Right. Because it's performative. It is. It's all about the, it's all about the industry because if you don't have the pictures, it didn't happen. If you, if you didn't get this, if you didn't get this, like we didn't have a cake at our wedding. Who cares? Because I don't, I don't fucking like cake. 
Right. I just don't. I so I didn't I want a cake. I would do it again. Like, if boyfriend wanted it, sure. But, like, otherwise, no. Yeah. I don't care about it. No. I'm do not an ice cream bar. It. Yeah. If people want desserts. Right. Well, Fucking do churros. Like, <laughs> right. Do something fun. I remember um, the only time I was a bridesmaid in somebody's wedding... And it was a friend who I had worked with, and she and I were close. We're, we're still friends now. We just don't see each other as much. Like, we work at different places, whatever. But I was a bridesmaid, and I was excited. I was like, well, I get to be a bridesmaid. It's fun. She and her fiancé did a lot of the traditional wedding things, and I don't know how much of it was just kind of out of expectation versus how much they wanted to do. But I will say one thing that they did at their ceremony, which I thought was really thoughtful, was in between the wedding ceremony itself and the reception. Mm-hmm. Like, they they took their pictures of, like, the bridal party and family, like, after the ceremony and before reception. But there was a little bit of time where, like, they had set up just time for themselves away from everybody else. Yes. Where they both got to eat a meal. Yes. They got to sit down together and, like, be together before the reception where everybody's, like, hounding them and talking to them. I, I was like, that's a thoughtful way to do that. It's very thoughtful. It's very important. And the only... The only, it's not even a problem. The only thing about it that really kind of makes me kind of feel anxiety thinking about mm-hmm. it is that it's not so much of a tender moment away together as it is a, okay, let's catch our breaths mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. You do get to do it together, which is great. Yeah. And now let's gear up for this next gauntlet of yeah. being accosted by so, it's it's like, you just went through this whole like sensory overload sure. and now you're about to go into another area of sensory and it, overload. And it was a lot. And I think in maybe retrospect, they would have chosen some things differently than what they did at the time. Mm-hmm. But I was like, okay, at least y'all are taking a moment to be together yeah. away from family, away from friends and guests where you just get to be with each other after you just got married. And like you want that time together. But yeah, I would not do a traditional. Do you have a worst wedding that you've been to? Well, you know, I grew up in a cult. Um, yeah. Most of them were very, very religious. Yeah. So like there would literally be a sermon preached at the wedding. Mm-hmm. All of the songs would be religious. But the worst weddings are probably the ones that I've worked in terms of like being in the service industry. Oh, uh-huh. Because you get to see behind the scenes. And so you really see at those big weddings what's happening. Yeah. And how not about love and celebration this is for the like the essential people yeah the parents are frazzled they're going off on people that they have no business going off on like it's such a vicious vicious day yeah people don't realize so many people get abused Mm -hmm. on the days of of people's weddings yeah it's really really terrible and i always liken it to kind of Weddings and funerals are mm-hmm. two really huge days in in the life of a family. Yeah. And when it comes to funerals, not that it's ever okay to like go off on people just because you're high on adrenaline right. or whatever, but at least with a funeral, people are grieving and don't necessarily know how to process. There's more the, understanding yeah. there, yeah. And so it's much more of a thing of like, I know you're going through a lot right now, so I can take that with a grain of salt, yeah. be gracious, mm-hmm. move on. Mm-hmm. With a wedding, sorry, I'm burping. Bilch. Bilch. With a wedding, it's like, this is supposed to be a happy occasion. Right. Like, listen, Karen, if if the flowers were turned slightly counterclockwise right. at one of the tables, then I, if 
if I'm very upset, I will knock all of this over. Um, if that's your thing, then right. you're a terrible person. Just yeah. like fucking sit down. Yeah. Your daughter has developed an eating disorder for the past six months trying to fit into for this real. like $15,000 dress oh that you God. keep lording over her and telling her every time you guys meet for lunch to talk with the wedding planner that like, oh, you're ordering it with dressing on the salad and not on the Ooh. side. You know, you have a $15,000 dress to fit into that mm -hmm. your father and I paid for. Like, I just, I can't, I can't right. with it. No. Mm -mm. no, that's, that's another thing too, is like that point of having other people pay for it. I would never do that. Mm -hmm. mm -mm. Like I said, if boyfriend and I were to ever get married, we're budgeting whatever we have to budget with. Mm -hmm. and that's it. Not that like, I don't love my family, but I just don't want any influence in the way of yeah. how we go about things because if I were to so take a fin financial for gift for it, it would have to be like a very like here's an envelope. This is for you guys to use Do for your you wedding want, yeah. or your honeymoon or yeah. whatever it is. But it's want, a wedding yeah. gift. Yeah. yeah. And so if that means that I want to use that money to have a taco truck for the reception, yeah. Great. If that means that I don't want to use it for the wedding at all and it's an extra part of our honeymoon where we get to go to a Greek island that sure. we weren't gonna get yeah. to go to, great. Cool. Yeah. 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 Let's talk about Vera Wang a little bit. Yeah. You brought up dress prices. So she oh God. has collaborated with David's Bridal. Let's go, David's Let's Bridal. Go. You owe us money now, David's Bridal. That's right. That's how that works. <laughs> it is how it works. Her costs of her dresses at David's Bridal range from $600, just on the cheaper side, to $1,400. So these are for the POVs. Yes. These are David's us. Bridal dress us. I will say to you, so I did try on dresses at David's Bridal the first time I was getting married. For some reason, wedding dresses, y'all are fucked up with your sizing. Mm. They size you up and you have larger sizes than what you normally wear. Yeah, because, because they don't want the bride to like freak the fuck out. No, no, no. It's the other way around. Oh, really? So if you're normally like a size 10. Oh, I see what you're you saying. You would be in a size like 12 or 14 at David's bridal. So they're, oh God. So they're like. Let me give you an eating disorder. I know. On a platter. I know. Here, drink this bubbly eating disorder. <laughs> Jesus. I know. It's not fucked up. Like, and I was like, that should be the other way around. Yeah. I don't know why I got Midwestern for a second. But that should be the other way around. I know. But isn't that fucked up? It's very fucked up. I got so mad I was going to spill my wine everywhere. No, that's really fucked up. I know. Okay, but what about her other dresses? Because they are not priced They're not that. priced that, but she also has deals with Men's Warehouse for tuxedos. <laughs> you said, can't say shit like that as I've taken it. I did step. that on purpose. Oh, my God. Did it come out your nose again? Almost. <clears throat> no, it didn't come out my nose earlier. It somehow went, went up, up your nose. my nose. Well, you don't drink with your nose in the glass, Topher. Apparently. I think now you tell me. knows oh that. Oh, my God. <laughs> A year and a half into a podcast, and you tell me this now. She also sells clothes at Kohl's. What are your thoughts on that? <laughs> I don't understand the question. Okay. And I won't acknowledge okay. it. <laughs> but, yeah, obviously her couture gowns go for right. tens of thousands of dollars. If not so, more. So, yeah, she has designed dresses for Ariana Grande. Wedding dresses. Chelsea Clinton. Ariana Grande hasn't been married. She's married right now. She is? Yes. To who? A man who I forget what he does in his name. She's a child. She's like 
30. No. Yes. She is seven years old. No, no, that's not true. You're going to look up how old Ariana Grande is. She probably is close to 30. How old? Nope. I can't type apparently after I've had some glasses of Prosecco. Is... How old is Queef Elizabeth? Nope. Yeah, Ariana Grande is 29 years old. Okay, well, Price is Right rules. You went over, so take I, a drink. No, I think I'm better. <laughs> yeah, she's designed dresses for Ariana. Ariana Grande. Erna Grande. Erna Grande. Erna Grande. Erna Grande. Chelsea Clinton. Alicia Keys. Hmm. Mariah Carey. You like that one. Do I? Yeah, you're nodding. Okay. You're giving two big thumbs up. Yeah. Um, Kim Kardashian and Khloe Kardashian, not married to each other. It's on a weird sister incest wedding. <laughs> <laughs> although. Although. The ratings. Although. And Victoria Beckham, amongst many other celebrities and rich people. Victoria Beckham is totally a Vera Wang kind of person. Well, Vera Wang does a variety of like silhouettes and styles. She really does. She's very versatile. She is. I feel like her and Vivian Westwood are kind of the yeah the pioneer not the pioneers the the tycoons right now of like the wedding. Well, in like a lot of Vera Wang's wedding gowns have been featured in like movies and TV shows Mm -hmm. too. So I think Vera Wang wasn't she featured in was it Bride Wars? Yes, with it was Bride Kate Wars Hudson and, and Anne Hathaway. Yeah. yeah. They were both wearing like custom Vera Wang dresses yeah. and that. She was also featured in Gossip Girl. I mean that makes she sense. Blair's wedding dress. To the Prince. I don't know who Blair married. I never watched that. And I won't. <laughs> I love Gossip Girl. I know you do. That's why I was trying to fiss you off. She did have a thing for Sex in the City. She had two different wedding appearances. But not in the movie. That was Vivian w- Westwood. Well, it was in was the in movie. Okay, so let's back up a second. The first one? Yes. So let's back up a second. First in the TV show, Charlotte's wedding dress that she wore to Trey was a Vera Wang dress. Okay. Okay. Sorry, that wasn't it. That wasn't at Vera Wang, that face no. that I just made. It was at Trey. Yeah, that's fair. In the film, one of the dresses Carrie tries on is a Vera Wang dress. Okay, yeah. gotcha. And the but the one that, that she like, ended up with that was gifted was Vivian Westwood, it was, right? Yeah. I believe so, yeah. Because I'm very bitter that I got into an argument with <gasps> Fact Checker about that recently. And then cause, and then we watched the movie and I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. It wasn't Vera Wang. It was Vivian Westwood. <gasps> the one that shows up in the box. Yes. You need to calm down. I will not. <laughs> Are you a bridezilla right now? <laughs> Hit the veil like, on. You're going proxy. crazy. <laughs> you're literally taking the Zilla part and like destroying Honestly, you're the one who gave me this, though, so it's almost like a Munchausen by proxy. It is kind of my thing. Bridezilla by proxy. Do it, Dover. Do it, act out. We'll destroy everything. Yeah. She was also featured on The Simpsons. That makes sense. Yeah. Isn't that cute? They love to do their cultural touchdowns. So in addition to designing wedding gowns and, like, ready-to-wear slacks, I guess, at Kohl's. Ice skating outfits. Yes! For who? Who did you mention earlier? Who Michelle Kwan. Yes, she did. did. She? Yes, oh, she that's did. so awesome. I told you Michelle Kwan would come back into I, this. But I forgot about that because that was I like know. 15 hours ago. It was. And she's designed um, ice skating outs- mm. outfits. Outfits. Oh, no. That sounds like a. Out- I know. No. Nope. Outfits nope. for Nancy Kerrigan. <laughs> We're just moving on. Good. Yeah. Okay. She also designed the cheerleading uniforms for the Philadelphia Eagles cheerleaders. 
if I, I don't care about cheerleaders, but if I okay. were a skater. figure skater, yeah. like a male figure skater, mm-hmm. I would absolutely ask Vera Wang to do something for me. Well, you want something like beautiful and long and flowy? Yeah. Well, <laughs> not super long and flowy because... You can get tangled up in skates. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like picture like an Anthony Ware or, oh, um, mm-hmm. oh, what's his face? He loves Oyster Bay Sauvignon Blanc. I don't know. Oh, no. Lorb. <laughs> no, the um the male figure skater that's like still figure skating because Anthony Ware's doing his thing with Tara Lipinski now where um, they commentate. Did you not watch the Winter Olympics? Nope. Rachel. I don't want time. Rachel. I don't care. Rachel. I will watch TikTok recaps of it. That's A- fair. Apparently you won't. Well, I wasn't on TikTok then. <laughs> anyway, him. Anyway. Okay. Sure. I'd be like, make me something theatrical and wonderful, Vera Wang. I only know Anthony And then I would Vera. go to Vivian Westwood and be like, Vivian Westwood, Vera Wang said that she's going to make me something better than you could ever make. Would you have an elaborate, like, one costume comes off while you're skating and then the other costume's underneath? I would. And am I coordinated? No. Would I die? Yes. Would I die in glory? Yes. Thank you. But is it worth Cheers. it? Cheers. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so Vera Wang has just really had this huge influence on like popular culture with weddings good for her yeah and the fact that she does obviously do like couture wedding outfits as well as like off the rack stuff i think has made her such a big household name like i can't make money just doing couture no you can't no and the fact that she obviously has an incredible design aesthetic and and natural innate talent but i think that probably hearkening back to what you were talking about with her career yeah. working at Ralph Lauren is a way that she learned about the business of fashion and mm-hmm. she's brought that into it now she's clearly a very talented but also savvy person well, and her that's time a, at Vogue too I think taught her a lot too but like what gets promoted in right. oh, that's magazines a good point. what gets attention and Vogue is as the, much as it is it's very aspirational. It is, but also Everybody the target audience yeah. of Vogue are not people who can afford couture. Right. Just so, some of their audience, but it's not well, just. It's not a niche magazine. Right. right. Yeah. So that's that's a really good point. Yeah, I think being an editor there. Thank you. <laughs> I'm thanking you. Yeah. For acknowledging my brilliance. Mm-hmm. Okay, are we ready to deliver a verdict? I think I am. I am. You want to do it? Let's do it. Okay. One. Two. Three. Not, not guilty. guilty. You stupid batch. No, she's not. That's she's an endearing. Lovely. Okay. Um, Vera, you did a good job. Vera, you did a very good job. I love not only your packaging for this. Yeah, it's cute. Not only this delightful Prosecco. That's it's really good. Which mine's still foamier than yours. How? Um, sprinkle something in your I did not, I swear to God. No, it's a very delightful Prosecco, but it's also been really wonderful learning all about your amazing life and career. And you gave us an opportunity to talk about ourselves, which is always (laughs) a win. (laughs) Which, you know, we would never do otherwise. Right. You know, we're so overlooked in this podcast so often. Our listeners know nothing about us. <laughs> we so rarely are able to find excuses to in- insert ourselves into yeah. a conversation. I'm also going to say not guilty to Mary and Kathleen. Yes, Mary and Kathleen, thank you. thank you so much. I hope that you were drinking Prosecco along with us. Yes, you should you... have 
gotten like two bottles, one for you, one for us. I'm going to bet that Mary Kathleen was probably savvy enough to do Good just that. Good for you. Yeah. 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 So if you all want to send us a bottle of alcohol, we'll mm-hmm. take it. We sure will. Yep. And you can reach out to us to find out where to mail it to mm-hmm. at True Crimes Against Wine Gmail and TikTok. And Instagram and Facebook. That's right. And uh, we're going to polish off the last of this Prosecco foam. Until next time. Cheers. Ciao. Bye. Bye.